I'm already blessed by the songs. Redemption is very near. The changing of our bodies into a glorified body. Our Lord came to redeem us. He came into this body of flesh. And then we shall be transferred, changed in a moment and be like he is. It's beyond what we can understand, but that is God's plan of salvation. To have sons and daughters with him for all of eternity. And please remember this. Only those who have received eternal life can and shall live eternally. You cannot live eternally with this life. You need eternal life. And our Lord said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. Otherwise, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Beloved, there are many things in my heart to share with you. As our beloved brother has said, the Lord was very good to me. When I was 17, I received the Lord as my personal Savior. And I began to share the Word of God with others. Then, of course, as the Lord led the different experiences of the supernatural happened, not because I was searching for them, but God, God in His mercy, let me have part in what He promised for this day. And my respect towards the Scriptures goes back to April 1945. April, May 1945. In our home, the Bible was always on the table. Only when a meal was served, the Bible was taken from the table, then we ate, and right after, the Bible was back on the table. But right at the end of World War II, when my father, who was also a lay preacher, gathered the whole family and read the scripture to us from that day, in 1945, I read the Bible every day, every day, 
every day. To me, the Word of God was just something I needed every day. And as our Lord said, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Lord. And our beloved brother read from Second Timothy chapter 3, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, by inspiration of God and prophecy, beloved. For doctrine, for doctrine, the doctrine must be in the Scripture. If the doctrine is not in the Scripture, it's unscriptural. Finished, finished. And it says on for reproof, to convince us, to convict us. And then for correction, to correct us, to correct us. God doesn't speak to please our ears. The word is for correction, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. And now, in the next verse, we're told about the purpose that the man of God may be perfect. Glory be to God. Not perfect within yourself, perfect in God, perfect in His Word. Lining up, lining up, lining up. Word, word, word. Sanctify them in the truth. Thy Word is the truth. And when the Holy Spirit would come, He would lead us into all the truths. That the man of God, not the man of this world, but the children of God, the sons and daughters of God, might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto the good works. I'd like to share a number of things with you. Galatians chapter 1 Galatians chapter 1, here in verse 10 we read, Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, For do I now seek the favor of men or of God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. We can never do this. We can never please men. But we love to please God. To share the whole counsel of God, including every promise, every teaching, everything God has shared with us. And it says in verse 11, But I make known to you, brethren, 
that the gospel which was preached by me is not after men. Not after men. It's God's words. The true gospel of Jesus Christ. And verse 12, For I neither received it of men, neither was I taught it, but by, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This I can confirm. I had great opportunities to go to Bible schools, to renowned Bible school in Denmark, to renowned Bible school in Germany, Bible school in Switzerland, Bible school in Britain. And every time something said no, something said no. So I've not seen a Bible school from the inside. But I've seen the Bible from the inside. I've seen the Bible from the inside. This is how the Lord leads. And if you know, Brother Branham was ordained a minister by Dr. Roy Davis in the Missionary Baptist Church without a Bible school, just because... He had a ministry even before he started his own ministry. He was preaching in the Baptist church. Friends, I read today in Acts chapter 22, and it just spoke to my heart as never before. Acts chapter 22, here... Something very special, and I like to, to compare it with what happened in Brother Branham's life and ministry. Acts chapter 22, verse 9. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid. But they heard not the voice of him that spoke to me. Let me wipe my tears. When I heard Brother Branham say that over 4,000 people saw the supernatural light on June the 11th, 1933, at 2 p.m., when Brother Branham was about to baptize the 17th person, he prayed, O oh God, as I baptize in water, would you baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire? And just then, this supernatural light appeared, just coming down, coming down, visible to over 4,000 people. Some wept, some knelt down, some prayed. But the voice 
was not directed to the 4,000. The voice was directed to William Branham. When, when I read this, I just thought, oh God, the same has happened in our day. There was a true divine call. A ministry confirmed by God Almighty. As I said yesterday, when Billy Paul Branham asked at the Easter meetings in 1966, who is present of those who were there in 1933, between 10 and 12 people stood up. My beloved brothers and sisters, God has worked in a supernatural way in our time. He has confirmed His Word. He has revealed His Word from Genesis to Revelation. Was there anyone to whom it was made known what happened in the Garden of Eden? It was William Branham. The prophet of God, because the Holy Scripture says, the word of God comes to the prophets, not to the evangelists, to the prophets. And it says in Amos 3 verse 7, God does nothing unless he reveals his secret first to his servants and prophets. Brothers and sisters, we're living in Bible days. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. And everybody of us know what John the Apostle was writing at the very beginning of his epistle. He states, What our eyes have seen what our ears have heard from the word of life that we share with you. And then, if you go to Second Peter, if you go to Second Peter, chapter 1, the Apostle Peter refers to that great experience on Mount Transfiguration. In verse 16, he says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. At the end of verse 17, we read, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And please listen to verse 18. And this voice, and this voice, which came from heaven, we heard, we heard. Glory to God. When we were with Him in the holy mountain. 
And with this divine experience and assurance, in verse 19 we read, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Not gift of prophecy, word of prophecy. The prophetic scripture foretelling what God would do and what would take place. Unto which ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Take heed like unto a light, unto the prophetic scripture. Never leave the word of God. Stay within the Holy Scriptures. Verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not at any time by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Beloved, we have reached the end of the time of grace. All the things which are now happening on earth are foretold. Even all the earthquakes and what even happened recently, whether it's in Japan or whether it's in Iceland or wherever, in, in, in South America, wherever. Can you imagine a cloud rises and 30 centimeters of dust fell down and the cloud from Chile, South America, goes over right the Pacific to Australia and New Zealand. Even if you know about the earthquakes, these countries were spared through all the hundreds and thousands of years. But now, everywhere, something happens. And there's no solution for the problems on earth, not in your country, not in my country, nowhere. Banks are broke. Governments are broke. Everything, everything goes down, down, down. I don't want to go into these details. But we understand especially from the gathering of the children of Israel into their homelands. That our Lord said, when you see the fig tree coming back to life again, then ye know, and this generation shall not pass till all things be fulfilled. Someone might say, earthquakes have always been, wars have always been. But the children of Israel were, were not always gathered they were gathered in our time, in our time. And therefore, we understand the word of prophecy by divine revelation, placing all things according to the holy word of God. 
Now a few things about the message of the hour. On June the 11th, 1933, in this great experience, when the Lord of glory in that supernatural cloud came down, visible for thousands of people, and the voice speaking to Brother Branham said, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, you are sent with a message that will forerun the second coming of Christ. And God has taken the messenger, but the message remains with us. And this message we take to the ends of the earth. And this is the last call. We're not fanatics, but we believe the Word of God. We believe all the prophetic scriptures. And therefore, we must tell you to line up with the Word of God. It's not possible to make a compromise, and you should not make a compromise as we cannot make a compromise in preaching and teaching, you should not try to make a compromise with the Word of God. For instance, if the Bible speaks only of one God, then you have to believe that there is only one God. However He reveals Himself, that's up to Him. And we don't need to explain God. God is beyond explanation. You can read all over in the Old Testament how the Lord revealed Himself, visiting Abraham, speaking to Moses face to face. And then the Scripture says, no one has seen God at any time. Jacob wrestled with the angel. And then he said, it says he wrestled with God. God can appear in the form of an angel. He can appear in the pillar of fire. He can appear as son of man, sitting down eating with Abraham. Please don't explain God. Respect God in all the ways He reveals Himself. For our salvation, He revealed Himself as Father in heaven. In His only begotten Son on earth, in the New Testament believers, by the Holy Spirit, God above us, God with us, God in us. Three manifestations of the same God. And our Lord could say, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Up to this day, beloved, even the extreme Trinitarians have never altered the prayer. They stay with the Scriptures when it comes to prayer. 
but they don't stay with the Scripture when it comes to teaching or preaching. In the prayer, everybody prays, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Not a single one to this day prays, Our Son who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Not a single one prays, Our Holy Ghost who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. They understand that God is our Father in heaven. So up to this day we pray, Our Father who art in heaven, glorified be your name, holy be your name. And at the same time we understand our Lord and Savior is Emmanuel, God with us. But he's not only Emmanuel, he is Yahshua, Yahweh Savior, God manifested in the flesh. Oh, glory be to God for this holy word. And if this word is revealed to you, no more discussion. And usually I say, if the word of God is revealed to us, we don't discuss. If we discuss, it is not yet revealed to us. So, no more discussion, but divine revelation by the Holy Spirit upon the Word of God. So, we don't believe that there are three eternal beings. No, we believe there's one eternal who manifested himself in different ways as Creator, as King, as Savior, as Healer, in many ways. And as I said, to accomplish His own salvation and to take us back as sons and daughters of God, He had to reveal Himself in the human flesh. And that was the Son of God. The Son of God was not born in eternity by the Father. The Son of God was born in Bethlehem by Mary, as the Holy Scripture says. But the Son was Lord. Was Lord before He became Son. He was the Word. He was the Lord. He was the great I Am. That's why Luke chapter 2 verse 11 says, Today, Christ, the Lord, Christ, the Lord, is born in the city of David. That's why the Holy Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 12, No one can say Jesus Christ is the Lord except, except by the Holy Spirit. And then Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5 one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Back to the original teachings. Back to the days of the apostles. So we understand from the promises of God that before the second coming of Christ, there would be a restoration of all things. Acts chapter 3 from verse 17, God would send the times of refreshing 
as promised in Isaiah chapter 28. And then we understand verse 21 that Christ remains in heaven until the times of restoration, the times of restitution of all things have come and have taken place. And beloved, it's not only a promise in the Old Testament, but our Lord confirmed the promise in the New Testament after the ministry of John the Baptist was long finished. Matthew 17, verse 10 and 11. And when his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elijah must first come? Listen, please listen to this. And Jesus answered and said, Whose answer do you wish to hear? Whose answer? To me, the answer the Lord Jesus Christ himself gave is enough. And the moment you respect his answer, you don't speak the flesh and blood anymore. You don't go to pastor so-and-so or to bishop so-and-so. What do you say? If you understood by divine revelation what the Lord said, you have the answer once and for all. Once and for all. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. If you read about John the Baptist, you always find the word prepare, prepare, prepare. But here we read about restore, restore. The word prepare is in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. In Malachi 3, verse 1. In Matthew 11, verse 10. In Mark 1, verse 2 and 3. In Luke 1, 17. In Luke 1, 76. The word prepare, prepare, prepare. In reference to the ministry of John the Baptist. How precise is the word of God? Prepare and then restore. 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 Matthew 17, 11. Joel chapter 2, 28. Acts 3, 21. Mark 9, verse 12. Restore, restore, restore. The New Testament church must be restored on the same foundation laid by the apostles and prophets at the very beginning. Jesus Christ is Alpha and Omega. And as I say, and please take it as from the Lord, the first and the last sermon must be the same. 
Would you be astonished that the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost mentioned the day of the Lord that sun will turn into darkness and the moon into blood? I read to you Acts chapter 2 verse 20. The sun shall turn into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord comes. Please remember, if you go to Joel chapter 2, sun will turn into darkness, moon into blood before the day of the Lord comes. If you wish to know more about it, you read Isaiah chapter 6 from verse 13. You just read all the passages about the day of the Lord. Even right to Second Peter chapter 3 verse 10. The day of the Lord will come, will burn like an oven, and all the elements on earth will melt in fervent hate. And here... In the first sermon, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Peter to refer to the day of the Lord. In the first sermon. What should I do in the last sermon? I'm asking you, what should I do in the last sermon? I must refer to the day of the Lord. Hallelujah! And I must tell you, the day of salvation spoken of in Isaiah 49 from verse 6 to 8, spoken of in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2, this is the day of salvation. This is the acceptable time. But this time is ending. And the Holy Scripture speaks about the last days, speaks about the end time, how things would be just at the end of the time of grace. And beloved, if we go into history, there were 2,000 years from Adam to Abraham, 2,000 years from Abraham to Christ, and we finished again 2,000 years. And then the Bible speaks in the singular about the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. You read it in John chapter 11, that in the resurrection on the day of the Lord. Now before the day of the Lord comes, before sun turns into darkness and the moon into blood, and let me show you from Revelation, then this will happen at the opening and fulfilling of the sixth seal. Here it is in Revelation chapter 6, verse 12. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, 
And lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, became like blood. The introduction to the sixth seal. There's a difference between the opening of the seals and the fulfillment of the seals. The first four seals go together through the seven church ages. The fifth seal shows the Jews, the souls under the altar, who were murdered, who were murdered, just because they were Jews. And then we see here the sixth and then the seventh seal. Beloved, let me make this statement. God does not permit anyone to add anything to the written and revealed word of God. Like a testament, the last will. If a person on earth writes the last will, then after death, that last will, that testament, in the German language, we have the same word, testament, New Testament, Old Testament, and if I make my last will, that is a testament. So God made the Old Testament. And no one dares to add a single word. It's already in the testament. And God made the New Testament. Christ died and the new covenant came into force. And therefore the Holy Scripture says in Revelation 22... Pronouncing, pronouncing judgment upon each and every one who would add to the words of the prophecy of this book. Amen. If some come to claim they are the eighth messenger or whatever the different doctrines might be, don't believe anything. Unless it's in the written word of God. God is bound to his word. And therefore, by the grace of God, we are taken back to the original teachings, to the original revelation given unto us, the revelation of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Even to the statement in Revelation chapter 10, verse 7, where the Holy Scripture speaks about the mystery in the singular, not in the plural, in the singular. And don't dare to make plural where singular is. Don't dare to do that. Leave it the way it is written. Because it's the Holy Word of God. When it says here, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God, 
not only a mystery in singular, but in singular, the mystery of God should be finished. Who is the mystery of God? Jesus Christ is the mystery of God revealed. 1 Timothy 3, 15 and 16 and all the other scriptures. Brother Branham, as the last church age messenger, he was ordained of Almighty God to reveal all the mysteries from Genesis to Revelation. And if you read Matthew chapter 13, our Lord spoke to His disciples, saying, To you it is given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So mysteries are mysteries. And the mystery of God is the mystery of God. Don't mix the word of God with your own thoughts. Leave the word of God the way it is written. So we understand by divine revelation the importance to place everything in the right order, in the right divine order. And even to the extent where it says here in verse 6 in Revelation 10, And swore by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heavens and the things that are therein, and the earth and the things that are therein, and the soy, and the things which are in it, that there should be time no more in this translation, as also in the German, it says, and there should be, be delay. No more delay. From that moment things will happen, happen, happen until everything is fulfilled. And God, through the prophet Daniel, in chapter 12, already said uh, to us how it will be and what will be when the swearing will take place. Daniel, chapter 12, I'm just referring to this one scripture here. Daniel, chapter 12, and here we read verse 6 and 7. And one said to the men clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? That's the question. How long, how long shall it be? Then we read the answer in verse 7. And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right and his left hand unto heaven 
and swore by him that lives forever and ever that it shall be for a time, times, and a half. Time, times, and a half. If you take this scripture to the Revelation, chapter 12, chapter 13, you find again the same terminology, times, time, times, and a half. So from the moment of the swearing, when the angel of the covenant will come down, there will be delay no more. The things will just happen, happen, happen. But before this takes place, we are going to be taken up in the clouds. And please remember, our Lord was taken up in a cloud. Did you know that? How many knows that? Let me see your hands. That our Lord was taken up in a cloud. Yes. And do you know that we are going to be taken up in a cloud? And from all the nations. I read it to you from First Thessalonians. From First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, in the clouds, from all over the earth, being taken up in the clouds, from all nations, from all tribes, will be taken up to meet the Lord in the air. It will be a reality. Hallelujah! Everything pertaining to our Lord, to the church, to the bride, to the scriptural events is connected to reality. The birth of the Savior was a reality. His life was a reality. His ministry was a reality. His suffering was a reality. His death was a reality. No explanation. Reality. His resurrection was a reality. His going to heaven was a reality. His return will be a reality. Hallelujah. And when, when he comes, I go. When he comes, we go. When the Lord returns to take us home, He doesn't step on the earth. He doesn't step on the earth. We meet Him in the air. And together, and together, we shall be taken up. When He will come down and put His feet on the Mount of Olives, that is a different coming. So, beloved, we must even differentiate and understand when our Lord says in Luke 17, when the Son of Man will be revealed. That is one thing. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the time when the Son of Man will be revealed. But then, 
when the scripture speaks about his coming, then two will be in the field. One will be taken, one will be left. Two will be on the same bed, one will be taken, one will be left. When this dear brother in the USA, old friend of mine, many years ago said, Brother Frank, we're all raptured and you are left behind. And I said, Brother's about maybe five, six years older than I. And he said, We're all raptured and you're left behind. I said, Beloved brother, you are here and I'm here. You're not changed and I am not changed. And then he said, The rapture is a revelation. And you don't have that revelation, therefore you're not raptured. Any revelation that comes from God is according to the Word of God and is a reality. Everything else, avoid, just don't give ear to all these interpretations that the bride was already gathered in 1963 when I read the article of that gentleman, whom I know personally very well, he was not even born in 1963, leave alone born again, in writing that all the bride was already together in that cloud in 1963. Beloved, let me say this in the fear of God. I was together with Brother Branham just before the opening of the seven sails. I'm the only one, perhaps, who saw what he saw in a vision. He saw in a vision when the Ewing Lane, the street that he lived on, would be widened, and when the fence would be taken off and put on the lawn, that would be the time when he should move from Jeffersonville to Tucson. These eyes have seen the fence on the, on the lawn. These eyes have seen the bulldozers moving up the road. These ears have heard Brother Branham say, Brother Frank, can you speak for me in Los Angeles? At the meeting of Demas Shakarian in the Clifton's cafeteria, because... We have to move to Tucson. Beloved friends, God has given me a great privilege, but with this great privilege, there is also a great responsibility. And I share with you within the last few moments, my eyes have seen this same ministry that was in the days of our Lord's when he could say to Nathaniel, before Philip called, I've seen you, I've seen you under the tree. When he could say, thy name is Simon, thy father's name is Jonas. When he could tell the woman at the well, five husbands you had, the one you've got now is not your husband. And the woman said, we know. When Christ will come, he will tell us all things. But who are you? I'm he that speaketh to you. 
according to Deuteronomy 18, our Lord had to be having a prophetic ministry, a son of man. Our Lord has four son titles. In Matthew 1 verse 1, the first two are mentioned, son of Abraham, son of David, and then son of God, son of man. A son of God, he is Savior. A son of man, he is prophet. A son of David, he is king. A son of Abraham, he is the heir of all things. And we are heirs with Christ. Everything has its place in the Holy Word of God. So, don't take any explanation or any interpretation. Stay clear in the Word of God. And be sure that you hear the last message. And not only hear, but obey. May I ask, please forgive me. But I do have a straight mentality. May I ask how many of you were scripturally baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, almost everyone. For those beloved brothers and sisters have been baptized in the triune formula. Let me say this with deep honesty. I have to say it. This formula, in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, was not used a single time. Not a single time. Not a single time. Not by Peter. Not by Paul. Not by James. Not by John. Not in the days of the apostles. It's a misunderstanding of Matthew 28 where our Lord said, baptizing them into the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Father is not a name. Son is not a name. So what is the name in which God revealed Himself as Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? The New Testament covenant name. There is no other name given unto men by which we must be saved. And the first baptism... On the day of Pentecost was announced, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 8, Philip baptized the believers in Samaria. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Acts chapter 10, the Apostle Peter, after they received the Holy Spirit, commanded in verse 48 that they all be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you go to Acts chapter 19. All were baptized, even those who were before baptized by John the Baptist, were now baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please respect the Word of God. If you don't respect the Word of God, God cannot respect you. You cannot have your own ways going to heaven. Forsake your own ways. 
Forsake your own teaching. Return to God. Line up with the word of God. With the apostolic teachings. So there's one God who manifested himself. And I repeat. Not one prayer. Not one healing. Nothing, nothing, nothing was ever done in the first 300 years after the apostles. Only 128 different, uh, different beliefs in Christianity were, and they all came together in the council of Nicaea. And from the over 600 people who were gathered there, 318 voted for the Trinity teaching, which was presented by Eusebius, who was the first one to bring in the, the thought of a trinity. And I usually take this picture with me to show how dreadful it is what has happened. This is, this is what they believe. This is what they believe. That the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Ghost is God. There are three gods. No, no, no. And the first commandment in Exodus 20 says, I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt have no other gods beside me. He is God, no one else. He is God, regardless of how he manifests himself. But here is the point. All denominations have taken along this teaching from the Roman Church to the Lutheran Church to the Wesleyan Church to the Baptist Church to the Pentecostal Church. But now God's time has come. God's time has come. And God has sent Brother Branham to bring out all the original teachings of the Holy Scriptures and restore us back to the very beginning. As the Word of God says in Acts 2, verse 42, and they remained in the teachings of the apostles in prayer, in breaking of bread, and in fellowship. Return to God. Come back to the Word of God. Be restored. Be restored. Believing all the Word of God. Don't remain in the Babylonian captivity. Come back to God. Come back to His Word. And for those who might have a problem to understand the importance of the teachings of the Bible. Let me read to you something very important from the days of our Lord when John the Baptist, who was a man sent from God with the message of God to the people of God, and he could say, He that sent me to baptize told me, Upon whom you, you say, the Spirit of God descend. He is the one who baptizes with the Holy Ghost and fire. And here in Luke 7, 
we'll read a very, very important passage in verse 29 and 30. And all the people that heard him and the tax collectors justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. Did you hear that? Justifying God. Justifying what God had commissioned John to do. Justifying the word, the message, the commission. Justifying God. And now, to the teachers, to the scribes, to the Pharisees, but the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized by him. Now imagine, rejecting the whole counsel of God, because they did not agree and submit to be baptized by John, the man of God. The congregation justified God, and they were baptized by John, who was the man sent from God with the message of God. But the Pharisees, the teachers, the lawyers, rejected, remember, rejected, rejected the counsel of God against themselves. They did not come into the counsel of God. They did not submit to the message of the hour, to the God-sent ministry. I say this in love. If I were you, I would not dare to reject the counsel of God. If I were you, I would take the next opportunity to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I could go into many details to let you know where the formula of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is being used. Even when people join the Freemason Lodge, everything is done in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But God is never in that formula. God is in the name. Hallelujah! And therefore, I read enough church history. I know what I'm talking about. Come from under the Roman curse, under the blessing that was poured out in Jerusalem at the day of Pentecost. Return to the beginning. This is calling out time. This is preparation time. This is obedience time. This is the time to get ready. This is Matthew 25. Behold, the bridegroom comes. Go ye out to meet him. And you see, even those who go out to meet him, there are five here and five here. Only five, only half of them who was called out to go and to meet the bridegroom. 
were ready, had oil in their lamps, had oil extra oil to refill the lamps, and they were the ones of whom it is written in Matthew 25, verse 10, and they that were ready went into the marriage and the door was closed. Beloved brothers and sisters, I did not spend my life in vain. I took the message to the ends of the earth. And all who are part of the bride of Christ will hear the last call. It's the last message. Matthew 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom, the original gospel, will be preached to all nations. And then the end will be. Don't reject. Don't reject the counsel of God. Don't reject the baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I beg you, I beg you, I beg you. Don't reject. Receive everything that God has restored and be restored yourself. I'd like to see you again when the Lord comes. When the trumpet will sound and the voice of the archangel will be heard and the Lord himself will descend. Not the teaching, the Lord himself. That's what the Bible says. The Lord himself will descend and the dead in Christ will rise first and we who are alive shall be changed. And together we shall be taken up to meet the Lord in the air and be with him forever and ever. Revelation 19.7 And his bride, his wife, has made herself ready. Before the marriage, she is the bride. After the marriage, she is the wife. Whosoever has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. How many believe that Brother Branham was sent like John the Baptist was sent before the second coming of Christ to restore us back to the Word of God? And this message is reaching the ends of the earth. Today, it's your day. And it's not only written in Psalms 118, this is the day the Lord has made. But this is the day the Lord has made especially for you. For you who are here today. And if you will not obey and be not in the rapture, your blood is not on my hands. Your blood is not on my hands. Please, I ask you in the name of the Lord. Believe and obey. Believe and obey. And the God of heaven will be with you. And he who, who began will also finish the work of grace. God bless you all and be with you all. Amen. And all people say amen. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Just for a word of prayer.
How many promise to God to only believe the Word, to stay only in the Word of God and follow no interpretation? Interpretations cause splits, cause disunity. But the true teachings of the Bible unite the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, especially from verse 11, the offices were placed into the New Testament church for the perfection, for the perfection of the body of Christ. May the Lord God have His way. I say again, don't follow a brother with strange teachings. If you support him, you're guilty. Return to God. Return to the Word of God. And the Lord will bring the bride together in the unity of the faith. And then we understand perfect love. Perfect love to God to His Word, to one another. Our Lord said, if you love one another, the world will know that you are my disciples. The scripture also says, how can you love God whom you don't see if you don't love your brother whom you see? Love the Lord God. Love His Word. Love His teachings. Love the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now I shall pray for you and first for those who need salvation. If there are some in our midst who have never had the experience of salvation or never know what it means to receive Christ as personal Savior, to have your sins forgiven, to receive the assurance that God has accepted you in Jesus Christ our Lord. As it is written in Second Corinthians chapter 5, God was in Christ reconciling the world with himself. And all the redeemed are in Christ. All the redeemed are in Christ. By one spirit we're all baptized into Jesus Christ. Into the body of Christ. So if you need salvation, you may raise your hands. If you need healing, you may raise your hands. If you need revelation, you might raise your hands. Let us all pray together, together. Our Heavenly Father, I commit the whole congregation to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Together, we thank you for the blood of the new covenant, for the word of God, and for the Holy Spirit. Have your way. Save the lost, heal the sick, give divine revelation. Bless it. Be the name of the Lord. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. In Jesus.
In Jesus. Holy name. In Jesus. Holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.